Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sit down with soldiers that are on duty and talk with them about their roles and their issues that they're having and what's not working. That's such an important aspect and get around and demonstrate what you're talking about from a leadership perspective. Welcome to the Warrior You podcast, proudly presented by Hindsight Leadership and Resilience. The Warrior You podcast delves deep into the topics of leadership, resilience and human optimization. Our mission statement is simple. You're the mission. A massive shout out to our main sponsor, gym equipment specialist, Aussie Strength a proud Australian veteran-owned business who have kitted out home garage gyms and huge fitness centres all over Australia and globally. This week on the Warrior U podcast, Bram continues his talk with Lieutenant Colonel Trent Bernard on leadership in the Army. In this episode, the pair dive deeper into the topic of leadership and specifically leading a platoon out in the field. They discuss critical factors to ensuring successful leadership, such as effective training a clear leadership structure, and key mottos such as what doesn't get checked doesn't get done and make things simple, not simpler. So sit back and enjoy Season 2, Episode 4 of the Warrior You Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. And with me as always, the third week running is Lieutenant Colonel Trent Bernard. Give him a round of applause. Righto, mechanics of running the platoon. We talked about the platoon commander's notebook previously. That's pretty important. A clear and unambiguous training program because you will be tasked from the commander's, the company commander's directive to come up with a training program for the year. And it's a very important aspect of being a platoon commander is actually being able to develop a clear and unambiguous program. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it, it obviously... You know, it obviously nests with uh, mission essential tasks for the unit and uh, and the commander's intent. But being able to explain in an unambiguous manner the training program and the training regime is, I think, essential. My time as a soldier, uh, it whilst whilst I would imagine that the training program was quite structured, uh, it didn't feel so. Yeah. And what I took away from that was uh, it's really important to not only communicate the training program out in advance, but the why, so how it builds towards that professional mastery. Yeah. And uh, that's that's absolutely essential. And, uh, you know, understanding the why comes from from above uh, and, and the how is, um, is done through advice from your your training experts which are your junior ntos and yeah. your platoon sergeant let's get let's get one thing straight right soldiers want to know when they're getting paid how far they're going to walk and when they're going to eat next if you can tell them all of that they'll be happy and then if you can say hey also here's a clear training program that meets these weaknesses and helps us develop these strengths 
and it's over this year so that we don't look silly and so we're combat effective. If you've got all of that in place, you're probably going to do it right as a platoon commander. If you don't tell people when they're going to eat next, don't you don't look after welfare and pay and you make people walk without when, you know, knowing when they're going to finish and then you have a crappy training program, you've failed. Yeah, also, if, if you can't show improvement, you've failed. Yeah. Um, and this absolutely has to be measurable. You need to be able to demonstrate uh, that your training program is working because if it's not working, then change the training program. Yeah, and, and soldiers' impromptu lessons is the fallback for inactivity for a platoon and a company the soldiers five or the officers 10 <laughs> and um, and the soldiers five really should be around someone's strengths like, Hey, Jono, you're amazing with that claim or you've really learned it. I want you to have a lesson in your back pocket, you know, so that you can get up and give that to the platoon. And then, and then that's, you know, if there's a, a uh, as there always is, hurry up and wait, then they can get up and go, okay, well, let's do some professional development. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Mm. Um, there's certainly uh, opportunity, uh, that is wasted, I think, in in most activities. And that's not to say that we need to be working and learning at every given second because rest is important, um, you know, the relationships are important mm. and, you know, all of those things are important. But w- there's always that opportunity where you can value add to the training. Um, you know, within a barracks environment, if, if there's downtime or, we're, you know, you're waiting to to deliver uh, something that's on the training program. You know, uh, there are plenty of soldiers. We talked uh, previously about uh, diversity of, of understanding, education, First backgrounds. Thought, yeah. You know, what, what about um, the, the ability to, to manage their finances or to, to explain how loan rates work, you know, when purchasing a car? Mm. Those sorts of things are those broadening opportunities we tend to miss out on as well. It's not just mm. about, um, you know, managing a, a claim all. No, and then having, I mean, all we're really looking for is the opportunity to stand that young soldier up in front of his or her peers and build the confidence because that's what you need as a leader in the future to sell a plan. So, so you're looking for those five-minute, ten-minute presentations to get people up because if you want to be a corporal, guess what? You have to give orders. If you want to be a yeah. sergeant, guess what? You're going to have to interject and get in there and, and you have to have the confidence to do that. And if you're going to be a lieutenant or a captain or a colonel or a brigadier, you're going to have to stand in front of people and say, hey, we're going to war for this reason. This is our plan. Let's do this. Um, I've got in here spot checks. Uh, how, how often do you remember up in, the, up in the Northern Battalion standing under a breezeway holding a Millbank filter above your head? At whatever time of day, um, do that. Reach out I to think, me if I reach out to me if you even do that. Yeah, like let us know if you still do that, um, and if the Millbank field is still floating around. But you know, one of the things that one of the best things I ever saw from a platoon commander was, was when they said, "Hey, we're going to do a, a DP one check, so a check on all your equipment. We're going to do it on Friday, and the things I'm going to look for in particular are these five items amongst the others. But these are the five items I'm really, and they were the five, they just happened to be the five items that they knew we probably didn't have." You know, and that would fail us a, a, a currency test as the <laughs> operational deployment force. You know, and so because they because you knew what was coming, there would be a long lineup at the queue store where you were putting your your, your army ID card over and buying a new pan set messing. <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, there's little tips and tricks like that for platoon commanders, isn't there? Like, you don't have to just go, we're going to do a spot check. It's like, hey, we're going to do a spot check, and oh, by the way, we're going to be checking the following things. Well, it, sol- it solves the problem. So, uh, you know, it's a it's an activity that needs to be done. It's it's good governance, um, and uh, but it solves solves that problem, particularly yeah. if you know that you don't have those items. Any platoon commander, clever. any platoon commander can you know trip up a young soldier and get some joy out of it. But it takes a real leader to say, yeah. "Hey, I'm going to help you nail this." And, and now, more than ever. In a platoon, the mechanics of running a platoon, welfare buddies, and actually looking out for each other for, for mental health, and because we, we do do a tough job, or, or we did, mm. you know, and it's a um, it's one of those things where you really want to set up that infrastructure within the platoon. Yeah, do you, do you think that we do uh, you know that that buddy that welfare buddy thing well? I think you and I do it well. Um, oh, I look over, after you constantly. Red wine and pasta. Um, but I don't think it's done as well as it could be done. And I think that I think it's more than just being mates with someone. In fact, if anything, it's more getting a feel for the platoon as a platoon commander and then going, right, I don't think those two guys get along. Hey, guys, you, you're now welfare buddies. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's those little things that, that, and really knowing the soldiers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, uh, it's a relationships job. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that's one of the most uh, – you said that a couple of weeks ago. I think that's the most pertinent thing. It's a relationships job. It really is. Hey, let's talk about being a platoon commander out in the field. Let's get into the guts of this. I mean, this is where the rubber hits the road. Indeed. Um, when We're not uh, in the job to sit around in oh. barracks in uh, Brisbane somewhere. No, let's talk uh, about – you could be on operations or you could be at higher range. It doesn't matter to me. You train like you fight. One of the, one of the things that I've learned off you in recent years, which I, I've chucked in my leadership arsenal, is – what doesn't get checked doesn't get done. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I was, I think that's, it's not new. Um, certainly, I was taught that many years ago and uh, and it remains true even now. And it doesn't matter what job you're in. The humans are humans. And, uh, you know, whether it's in a corporate environment, whether it's in a uh, military environment, what doesn't get checked doesn't get done. And, and anyone who's got teenagers knows that to be a fundamental truth. Um, yeah. uh, there's only so much mission command you can do with four teenage boys living in the house. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think it's essential prior to going outfield and obviously outfield. And, uh, but you know that's that's not the only thing that matters, of course. No, and a trip to fall in in or a trip that can happen, something that can trip you up as a platoon commander, is thinking that I trust this person, therefore I've given them a task, and I don't need to check it. That's actually nothing could be further from the truth. If you really care about that person and that relationship, you'll have them brief you back on how they're going to do something, and you'll check on the progress, because it's what doesn't get checked invariably will end up not getting done and you will be the one found holding, left holding the can. Yeah, well, ultimately, uh, uh, command and leadership is about responsibility yeah. and care for those under your command. Mm. And um, uh, it's a truth. Mm. It's a truth that... Um... Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That, that you know, checking, checking on the tasks that you've, been, you've given uh, and making sure they're done is done to the standard that's required. One of the biggest things that I've seen is, uh, is when that over-familiarity occurs. Mm. Uh, and you sort of touched on it because, you, you know, you, you might respect someone that you don't go and check it. But quite often, and, uh, and I think maybe this occurs in the part-time environment to some extent as well, is that, uh, you know, the, the relationships that you have quite often um, make it difficult to have those challenging conversations. And, and of course, it's rank-dependent and mm. position-dependent and those sorts of things that comes into it. But, um, uh, but certainly, you still have to do those things because mm. we are professionals. I'll show you that I'm listening to things that you say. Um, busy, busy people are successful people. <laughs> and nothing could be further from the truth than a platoon commander who's busy out in the field. Um, Einstein once said, make things simple, not simpler. And I think that when you're cold, wet, hungry or hot, wet, hungry, there's a theme here, usually wet and hungry and you're either cold or hot, um, you know, there's dirt, dirt in everything, cam cream in your eyes, you know, you stink, and you have to manage a platoon of 30-plus guys and girls to get stuff done, to, to, to win, you know, to be successful in your mission. If you are not pushing energy into your leadership, if you are not injecting energy into the everyday actions, if you're not focusing on the platoon as your weapon, then ultimately that platoon will start to slow down, the gears will grind and your ineffectiveness will actually be your platoon's ineffectiveness. Yeah, 100%. I think you've said it before, leadership is about energy transfer and uh, an outfield, that's absolutely, that's absolutely correct. And, and uh, a platoon commander doesn't need to be running around looking busy. Mm. He needs to be productive um, mm. and, mm. and be able to manage his time, his or her time effectively so mm. that you're able to, to get the most out of that weapon, the platoon. Mm. Um, and I, I recently had uh, a leadership mentoring conversation and I noticed that uh, this particular individual is struggling with a problem, uh, you know, one of those wicked problems that you can't see his way out of. And I noticed that, uh, you know, part of his, part of his issue was, uh, and we, we sort of talked through this, but, Part of it was the fact that he lacked the energy to, to in himself to transfer to a team that's struggling from a morale perspective. Wow! And uh, you know, when I was able to bring that up, he could see he could see that that was um, uh, something that he needed to work on. So, yeah. and I think that's certainly outfield. You do lose that momentum. Yeah. Uh, let me let me give an example, a combat example, and that is if you've got four or five teams that are physically dislocated, you've just received a new warning order for something that's going to happen tomorrow. You've come up with a little bit of a plan of how that's going to occur. And it might not be too technical, but there might be some moving parts to it. If you don't get up 
and go around to each one of those teams and give them all of that information, the next day something will go wrong. And it's not just that something will go wrong, something will get missed or someone won't be where they're meant to be or a fire support won't be in the right location because you haven't put the energy into making that plan come alive. If platoon commanders are listening to this and if leaders are listening to this through any industry, you have to understand if you silo information as a leader, then other people can't action stuff. And I saw that. I saw that happen time and again and and I learned by mistake by doing that and I learned that I had to really be energetic and get around to every gun car tell everyone what's going on and and sometimes it would be sometimes it'd be too busy for me to get around and do it so what what would happen is I'd bring my team commanders in and I'd give them orders and then invariably they would go back to their gun cars and back to their team locations but then I would follow that up while having a cup of tea or a lemon bowl of noodles or something, I would then walk around to each team and make sure that my intent through that section commander was well and truly understood so that there was nothing there was nothing missed. Um, and that's the energy transference I'm talking about. It's not just good enough just to give orders and to be charismatic. It's about actually going around and talking to each one of those teams and solidifying that plan so that everyone knows not only do you have ownership of it, but you're also ex- your expectations of that plan. Yeah, what doesn't get checked doesn't get done. Yeah, even if you've given orders, you can't assume. You know, and I know that sounds, oh, that sounds terrible for a leader. No, it's human nature. It's bloody hard out there. And that's the thing. It's really tough out in the field or in combat. And so part of your role as a platoon commander is to pass on the orders that might come cascading down from regiment, company, down to your platoon, down to your section – that is part of your responsibility. But the other part is to keep corralling the troops, to keep pushing them forwards. And sometimes it's not enough just to give the orders. You actually have to go and see, you know, um, let's say go and see Tanya and say, hey, Tanya, have you got the comms cord that's going to run from the gun through to the, you know, through to the middle of the, you know, the, 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 the whatever position? Or, or do, you have the, do, you, do you have the spare barrel for this? You know, or is that you know, and you and people will be listening to this. Some sergeants will be listening to this, going, "Oh, that's not that's not what a platoon commander." Yeah, it is. It is actually, and it's part of the spot checks. It's a platoon commander going around to the to an individual soldier and going, "Hey, how'd those orders go for your section?" Oh, such and such, such. And if that person's integral to that plan, and you ask them a couple of questions, what doesn't get yeah. checked doesn't get done, and you will pick up that even the best section commanders sometimes forget stuff because they're tired, especially in combat. It happens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the comment that you made about uh, platoon sergeants out there saying that's not their job, but if it comes down, if if there's concern around that and and that that feels like it's micromanagement or coming in over the top of you know a two IC of a section's job or something along those lines, communication solves that. Yeah. Hey, hey, Sarge. Yeah. I'm going to do this. This is why. Yeah. Oh, look. And, shout out you know, to shout out to Paul Kale. Best platoon commander I've ever seen. <laughs> he was my platoon sergeant, you know. So, yeah. and I trained, you know. So I trained him to be the platoon commander. He trained yeah. me to be the platoon sergeant. Just so happened that we'd both been sergeants before. But he yeah. he knew he, he he would go around and act the way I would act. I would go around and act like he would act. Then we would flip, you know. And that was the I think that Yankee platoon two thousand ten probably were in a very unique situation to have two ex sergeants, one now mm. a captain. 
um, being able to flip like that. And, and so stuff always got done because there was two people checking, checking it all the time. Bloody as box. <laughs> no, um, but no, uh, I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw, and I'll say oh, inverted commas, real platoon commanders like from ADFA and RMC who were, who were, who did that. You know, they were very, very good at that, at being energetic and at, and at doing the things that they needed to do to make sure that plan. Listen, guys and girls, get up, get off your fat little butt, walk around and see everyone in their pits. Jump on a 50 cal, jump on a mag 58 and clean it and talk to the soldiers, help them out. Someone, you should have a signaler or someone making you food. So that should be, that, that, that is something that you need to get set in place if you can. And then you, your time and investment when you're walking around, that is actually the leadership bit. That's the bit we're forgetting. You know, sit down, sit down uh, with soldiers that are on duty and, and talk with them about their roles and their issues that they're having and what's not working. Mm. You know, that's such an important aspect. If, you know, if a digger's sitting on, on sentry on a range or something along those lines, uh, if you get the opportunity, you know, try and make time. Mm. And busy people are successful people. Mm. And, uh, you know, try and schedule in those activities and, uh, and, and get around and demonstrate. Demonstrate what you're talking about from a leadership perspective. Mm. Yeah, that's no, good. Anything else you want to add to leadership as a platoon commander and the experiences that you might have had over the years? Nothing's as straightforward as as yeah. you first uh, yeah. first think it might be, and you think you have the answer instinctively. But I caution you, and and you know when things are occurring, and it might be something in barracks, something's gone wrong, or you're outfield, and uh, and you know there's contact with the with the enemy or something along those lines you know balance that fight or flight um uh mentality with the feed and breathe mm. and uh you know take that you know big sip of water from your from your camelback mm. and, and pause and adjust uh, adjust your uh, your mental uh processes because nothing is as it first seems. And, yeah. you know, as I said, it's in a barracks and a field environment. Just pause, just think, uh, you know, don't, don't be automatically reacting to every situation that uh, comes your way. You don't have to turn up to every fight you're invited to. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I got out of a few that I was outgunned, outnumbered, outmanned. Yeah, we, we, yeah, there was yeah. a few times where I made that decision. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the next podcast series we should do, three-part series maybe, um, should be on crisis leadership, ranging mm. from platoon all the way through to you know police and anyone who's in a crisis situation. I think you and I would be able to maybe even bring some guests in. Righto. Hey, Trent, thanks very much for the last three weeks. And, yeah, I'll see you on the other side. Appreciate it, Trent. Thanks for listening to the Warrior U podcast. Did you know that our parent company, Hindsight, offers leadership and resilience training as well as workshops? If you would like to know more, please head to www.hindsightleadership.com. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast, there's a donation tab at the bottom of the main podcast page. All contributions are greatly appreciated and help to keep the show on the road. If you're interested in the Warrior U military preparation course, you can find all the information through the podcast website page.
just click on the training tab. All this information and more can be found at www.podcast.warrioru.com.au.